We have been chopping away at Romans with the book of Romans. And uh, you know what? I am tired. <laughs> I'm tired every time I go home. But that's a good thing. Um, one thing, and, and, and uh, I'm praying, you know, you've been a thank you church, so don't, don't, don't get me wrong with you. But I'm praying that um, you will always know that it's okay to thank you. I pray our young people understand that it's okay to thank you. You know, they won't get to the point where we're just, we're just not thanking. Thank God we didn't have to go through the attack of this. Um, we're going to, to look at Romans 8. And we're asking God's strength as we, we unfold this. I think I said something. This is the end of the book of Romans. And we know that it's held in high esteem of theologians uh, throughout time. And when we talk about the book of Romans, we consider this chapter right here in the pinnacle of the book of, the book of Romans. It's got a lot of familiar passages in it, it's got a lot of letters in it, and, and so we're praying God's strength and right now. One thing that I want to do, and I want to do it while we're on the page, um, is I want to make sure I, I announce it. Um, it's a prayer meeting, and I'll announce it right now at the Bible study. On November the 16th, November the 16th, Facebook board, um, there is a, a career fair in Toyota. All right, we have a couple of flyers. If anybody here wants to um, wants to take it with them, and maybe uh, it's not for you right now, but maybe you have someone close to you. Um, let's take advantage of the opportunities that we have. Okay, so again, that's a career fair, November the 16th, 2019. Um, for those that are joining us online. Um, you can call 502-230-1180. All right? All right. Well, let's open up in prayer, and then uh, and then we'll dive into, into one day. God, again, we, we thank you. We thank you for what you continue to do in the lives of your, of your children. Mm-hmm. And so now, Father God, let's do uh, sit down for the next 40 minutes or so. Unravel the best we can the book of Romans in chapter 8. We pray you now, Father God, that you read them this morning. Give us insight, Father God. Move us, Father God. Point parts of our hearts and help us from studying your word the way that we should, Father God. We pray that you give us strength to surpass his options. And God, we pray that as a church, we can continue to serve. We pray for those Father God that love us and for whatever reason could not make us. We pray for you, Father God, that you move to this to this leader right now. The boldness to touch on this one. Fashion that you see it. This is the sunset we ask all this. Amen. 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 So what we're gonna do now, um, and, and it's still it's still a, a large part of the sanctification. Portion of it, if, if you if you will, um, but we really want to look at this idea of freedom, all right? And the freedom that we have uh, as a result of being in Christ. And so, if, if there's one word, um, and again, we're pulling from uh, one Wearsby, uh, the one word that he he came out of it, after God on the all I agree with you. The word that he comes out of this is this freedom in chapter eight. And so we're going to. We're going to look at this and kind of walk through this. Um, when we talk about 
we talk about justification again. Um, make sure I'm not talking to myself. What, what is justification? Remember? But what's the problem of Romans? Or what's the problem that Romans is tackling? It's tackling again of this idea of this, really this issue that I have. How do I come before what? A perfect God with all my mess ups. <laughs> I know we're, we're at a time now where uh, we think we've come in our way and God is, God is so good that eventually He's going to you know, just wish away all the mess ups we've done down here. And we'll be able to walk right into Nirvana, Nirvana, or whatever they call it. Uh, the scripture doesn't say that. Right? Scripture says that, that uh, if we come before Him, uh, He has no choice but to come before Him just as we are, then He has no choice but to be right? right? So again, Romans wrestles with how do I come before a perfect God with all, with all that I have? Right? In this chapter right here, we see an emphasis on the Holy Spirit. It's mentioned 19 times. 2 Corinthians 3 and 17. Somebody pull that real quick. 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, in verse 17. Again, in this right here, we're going to look at freedom and fulfillment. Freedom and fulfillment. Romans 8. 2 Corinthians 3 and 17. Who has that? Read that one more time, please. Now you're okay. Now the Lord, Lord is the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord is the spirit of liberty. So the spirit of the Lord is there's what? Liberty. Liberty. So we're going to deal with this again, this idea of freedom. The first thing we're going to look at is this freedom from judgment. No condemnation. That's Romans 8, verses 1 through 4. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak to the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on the account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness requirement of the law may be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Alright? And we see this idea of these uh, therefore no condemnations. In uh, 3.20 we had therefore what? We condemned, right? That's what we, that's what we learned in 320, and then every, everything kind of unfolded from there. Alright? Now we're going to get that there is, um, therefore, no condemnation as a, as a result of our new relationship to sin. Alright? This experience comes from being in Christ Jesus. We suffer the consequences for our sins, but once in Christ, we do not suffer condemnation. Now that's key. Alright? Stop, stop telling folks that, that when we come this way, we can do anything we want to do. I already wrestled that. No. He's already wrestled that. You don't get to do anything. In fact, his, his final argument is that if you're really of him and he's in you, then the Spirit won't allow you to act in your own way. Alright? So we understand that even in the, the point where we're at, that's because we have, again, this, um, uh, this flesh, this sin, 
nature. Because we have that, we still mess up. Alright? But we also understand that because we're in Christ, that's not a, that's not a final blow for us. That's not going to come again. That's why we have no condemnation. The law condemns, but believers have a new relationship to the law. Three statements about the law in the believer. Alright? The law cannot claim us. In Romans 8 and 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. We are free from the law of sin and death. And we've talked about that. We are also under the law of the Spirit of life. That's really um, what Romans 8 talks about. Alright? So not only are we Free from the law of death. We have a spirit of life that we can be a part of when we grow. Again, we talked about that Christ's work on the cross was twofold, right? <coughs> the, feeding of, the feeding of death, of, of, of Satan, feeding death, that was enough right there. But we also have what? We have a resurrection and we come up with him in life. Alright? The law cannot condemn us. We've already talked about that a little bit. But in three, for what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. The likeness of sinful flesh, right? That's key. And likeness is, is a key word. What does that mean? Not the actual image, but yeah. Well, he was everything but the image. Yes, yes. Because again, let's let's make sure our theology is right. In order for him to be the substitute, he had to have been what man. Is what man you can't have you can't have a substitute. Um, if he if he were not man, so you're talking about the God man. That's, that's heaven. That's heaven. A lot of people. But there was one time where uh, when Jesus said, "Will you also go?" There was some hard sayings, and a lot of folks left. And he looked at the disciples and said, "Will you also go?" And sometimes in church, we need to look up and say, "Will you also?" This is this is tough. To, this is tough to swallow. That's why you need the Holy Spirit to, to, to help you. Uh, one thing that I learned on every type of chapter of scripture, of scripture is good to start off with prayer. Mm -hmm. But Christ has already suffered the condemnation on our behalf. The law cannot save, it can only condemn. We talked about that last week, right? Mm -hmm. what, does, what does the law do? It reveals. And it tells you that you messed up. Um, but if you don't I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you an example of a lot of people going out here and go about, go about 150 <laughs> down just the station. Try that about four or five times. And after a while, they look at what's going to happen. You're going to see those sirens. Both they lost. But that right there, in and of itself, is not a change in nature, right? You know, it's a lot of us to break the law and keep on, keep on going. So the law itself, and again, makes your own point, the law of God is still holy. 
It was holy. The problem wasn't the law. The problem was that it did not have an element in it that could deal with what? Our sinful hearts. So don't leave here saying, well, I'm not going to read that Old Testament anymore. No. I missed it. I missed it. Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh and bore our sins. Alright? You know, we have no double jeopardy before God. So because, excuse me, because the wrath was poured out on the Son, we don't have to worry about getting in front of him. And he's saying, well, you know what, Mark? It was one of two things that I don't think was covered. No. John said what? It was finished. Yeah, there's some good words right there. On the cross, it said it was finished. So the law condemns Law cannot condemn us, alright? And then we see the law cannot control us. Romans 8 and 4. And this is key again. Because a lot of us, we're, we're, look, we blame everybody else. We blame folks in the church. Um, we're mad, we're upset, we're nasty. It's so and so fault. We don't blame the devil. This right here says, no, no, no. When you have the Spirit of God within you, He's put in you. And give you the mechanism to overcome. It speaks of I'm sorry, I'll go out. Take the whole day Wednesday. You need to let me just know comparison to that. I heard that so much as a child. You said uh the thinking is I gotta you got people all over the world. Well, I think um, I think you're right. I think the Spirit allows us to be a different type of witness in the regular job. And, and that doesn't mean that we don't get tired and we don't um, deal with uh, the human self. In fact, if I try to be super preacher, then, then that's not scripture, right? Um, but there's something about the spirit that should rejuvenate us. And that's what you're talking about. That's why, again, we don't have the license um, to just do anything we want to do, regardless of what we're coming In fact, um, in fact, when we're squeezed, when life is tough, it should be something. Hopefully, uh, the spirit should come out of that, right? <laughs> Problem is that many of us get squeezed, and what comes out of us is not not the fruit of the spirit. No patience, no love. (laughs) So the law cannot control us. Romans eight and four. That the righteous requirement of the law may be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. In the power of the Holy Spirit, we live a righteous life. Right? Not that we should, not that maybe, no, we live a righteous life. The law cannot produce holiness, only reveal and condemn sin. We talked about that. We walk in obedience to God's will by the power of the Holy Spirit. Keep in mind the same Spirit that raised Jesus. I know black preachers, we've heard this before, the same one that raised him. 
for the Spirit to reside in us. The righteous demand is fulfilled in us by the Holy Spirit. We have life, we have liberty, and pursuit of happiness. We experience the sanctifying work of the Spirit in our, in our life. Alright, let's make sure we're listening. Sanctification. Is that done? Is anybody here sanctified? Hmm? Uh, being, right? I'm not after any any household faith, but you're still being worked on, right? <laughs> That's a sanctification process. That doesn't end until we end. So we go up and then what takes place after the sanctification? Glorification. And that's it, what that glorified state. Freedom from defeat, all right? Freedom from defeat. Uh, this idea of no obligations. Romans 5, Romans 8, 5 through 17. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Let's look at this. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. For then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. For you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not here. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. Let's, let's stop that right there and break some news. Alright? So now we're getting ready to see that um, Paul is getting, he's really using what? Contracts, right? Mm -hmm. He's using contracts in this. We have no obligation to the old nature. We can live life on the highest level. Alright? Paul contrasts the saved and the unsaved in 5 through 8. Alright? The saved is what? In 5. It's in the spirit. Right? The unsaved lives in the flesh and lives for the flesh. Alright? So that's, and, and you know, you'll hear it all the time. Can you be a good person and be all right? Scripture, you're going to have a problem with Scripture. You know, if you at some point do not turn your heart over to the Lord, then yeah, you can be the greatest philanthropist, if you will, that ever walk this earth. And if you want to wrestle with the Scripture, you're going to try to get into glory, right? The mind of the carnal is centered in on feeding the flesh. The person with the Spirit of God lives in a new sphere and has a mind fixed on the things of the Spirit. Alright, that's uh, something I talked about. That. I talked about that we have a bend toward godliness, towards holiness. Now, it doesn't mean that we are, everything we do is good. Oh, so don't know that. Alright? And that doesn't mean that, that those who do not, do not know the Lord, everything they do is bad. But our being through the power of the Holy Spirit before the Holy Ghost. Alright? That's why, you know, I, I, this, I, I talked to the Lord last couple of days. I wanted to free myself. I was getting ready to show up to some folks. 
And I had to, I had to chew on it. And I think I may even have a right from a quality standpoint, from an earthly standpoint. If I tell you all the whole story, you have to be like, well, shoot, that's a good one. <laughs> now if I read this. Talk to me. Now that is correct. That's how you deal with issues in the church. That's how you deal with. Um, yeah, to answer your question. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If I really had ought against my brother, then that would have been the way I. I, I would with that being said. There were some places that the Lord in Acts did not permit um, the disciples to go, right? So that's why the Holy Spirit is, is look, you have to, now think of what Matthew talks about casting your pearls amongst swine. So that's why you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. There's some places we don't go. With all, you know, with all, and your preaching and all, everything that you know, he still doesn't allow you to, to go to place. There's also, I've noticed, there's some things you don't watch. There's some conversations you won't enter into. Because I've noticed yeah. a lot of things I used to watch mm-hmm. on TV. Mm-hmm. Like, I was scared of monster movies all the time. And demon stuff like Annabelle and stuff, mm-hmm. I kind of, when people laugh, I'll be like, I ain't scared of it. I just, I ain't feeling it. I'm not trying to feel it. No, so you'll find yourself moving yourself in those things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Growth, you know, growth requires that, that there's some stuff that you're just not doing anymore. You don't even have a desire. You know, some people say, well, you're just so goody goody, and you're just that preacher, and you don't, there's just some stuff that you don't even have a desire. You know, Grace said, just talking about we are playing this I don't know my wife said I ain't doing this I don't know I'll sell my that's how and you know I had to clean that up you know I have a physical job so you know you say you're tired but I see something and I've even noticed this even with the music I listen to I'm like stuff that you would blast and turn up to get you hyped for when it and did what? It got you hyped. <laughs> and there's something about it. There's some stuff. Look, he would get that Satan is the prince of this world. And he has power. He doesn't have all power, but he has power. And so folks, and, yeah, but you know, you folks that do the Ouija boards and all this stuff, and you know, they come to me, well, Reverend, the, the astrology stuff and all this. Well, Reverend, do you think it works? And I'm saying to myself, yeah, it, 
We're going to all have to deal with this, all right? Every knee is going to be what? And every tongue is going to what? Yes. 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 Satan. Uh, in fact, yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go to some people. <laughs>
in Jesus, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit that dwells in you. Again, the evidence of conversion is the presence of the Holy Spirit, right? Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Somebody pull that. That's always a good one to look at. First Corinthians 16, I'm sorry, First Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Why are you pulling that in here? Even though the body is destined to die to sin, the spirit gives life to the body to serve God. Reverend um, Alfred, um, uh, Mr. Green, that's what you all were talking about. Look, we, we understand that we're, we're, we're in a um, we're in a body, we're in a house right now. It's, it's broken, right? It doesn't take a genius to figure that out. We're up those steps at the house. You're going to work a little different than you did about, about 25 years ago, right? <laughs> but what I, and, and, and really the author of this um, that I'm using for God, he really pointed this up. The Holy Spirit really rejuvenates even that body. And that means I don't, I don't, I'm a believer saying, well, you said I run a 20, you said I run a 15K right now. I ain't said that. Well, look, who, as a result of the Holy Spirit, has gotten an, an energy report? That you can't, <laughs> you can't describe. You know you're tired. You don't know how you finish that shit. You don't know how you have the energy to deal with your kids. Have to deal with that husband. Deal with that wife. I'm not losing you. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, talks about that hope, that, that dwelling. You have that? Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You probably don't get a chance to do any old thing with your body. You don't get a chance. You don't get an opportunity. Alright? Right. Like you're supposed to take care of the temple. That's the temple. Absolutely. That's where I got to be. I got plans. They're going to be poked out and all this steak and all this stuff. Uh oh. I said, honey, that's not going to happen. I'll go get it for you. Yeah, I'm going to say that. Hold on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got to look at the brief, though, boy. I don't know. I don't know. I cannot keep up here. No, in all seriousness, though, um, we know they gluttony. And we know that we, yeah, we struggle. In fact, um, I'll start next week. I'm going to get in shape. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, there's some stuff that we do. Um, and if we're being honest, it is, it is not, not kind to our bodies. Yes, sir. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I don't remember which one it was that was in that class. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if it was Dr. Keith or not. Someone in that class said the temple is what provides the two, the two years of the mindset in which you need to be 
spirit came and filled us. The body, yeah, but if the mind is gone, the devil has to come. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a side of Dr. Yeah, and I thought I was talking about the healer Sam. Yeah, but, um, yeah, because the mind, and we're not, we did the trichotomies and dichotomies and all that, but the mind, though, um, really is tied to, tied to, because you got a soul, right? And you got the mind that's really tied to it. Even when the body dies, the mind tries to get the way to heal. For a certain amount of minutes after death. Yeah, um, no, absolutely right. Um, the problem is because there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a right thinking. Does that come before right practice? Or right practice uh, come after, you know, after right thinking? Spirit of death and enables us to put to death 
or to mortify the simple deeds of the body. This comes when we yield our members to the Spirit. Christ puts to death things of the flesh, and he reproduces the things of the Spirit. Alright? The Holy Spirit is also the Spirit of adoption. Alright? Let's kind of wrestle with this. Paul, Paul likes this, this idea of adoption. Alright? Um, we understand that we have a, we literally have a new birth, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about that uh, for a couple of uh, couple of minutes, but um, that, that picture of that water, uh, we were thinking about the baptism, right? Mm -hmm. You're literally going down, there's a death, but you're actually coming back up. There's a resurrection, if you will. Um, so we see that we're in the family by way of birth, and now we're getting ready to see this adoption principle, if you will take care of, uh, take place. Adoption in the New Testament uh, literally means being placed as an adult son. We come into God's family by birth. God adopts us and gives us the position of an adult son. Alright? I know we talk about babes in Christ. We talk about that. But through the Spirit, you know, we're, we're given the power to do what? Walk in the Spirit. Talk in the Spirit. So that's where you get this idea of adult. If you now, we understand there's a growth process. We understand that there's many of us that are in the family that we're still on what Paul talks about. We're still on the old. Yeah, yeah. We understand it. We're still babes in Christ. The old sales, 65, 70 years old, many of us are still babes in Christ. Nothing to do with age. All right. Paul is saying right here through the Holy Spirit, we have we have it in us. And a lot of us are not have not grown because simply we have not. Opened ourselves up to the Holy Spirit of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right? We can walk and be led or willingly led, if you will, by the Spirit. We yield to the Spirit and He guides us by His Word daily. Let's kind of go back to some of what Reverend Albert talked about. Um, look, we've got, a lot of us, we don't pour enough of the Word into us. No, let me stop lying. I don't pour enough of the Word into us. So there's there's some time when I have to sit up and the first thing I'll do is like well, I want to see where it's at but not in there. Let me check Facebook. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there and before you know it, that's 20 minutes. And then you think, well, I only got an hour now to get to work. So what am I going to cut out? Cut out what you shouldn't cut out, right? Mm -hmm. don't, don't leave me up here by myself. Yes. Yeah, I know all of the. Oh, y'all yeah, don't spend your first day. I don't wake up no 4 a.m. and you're praying till uh, 7 a.m. Don't do that to me. Might be the once or twice, but you don't do it every morning. But we're all at that point where we need to allow um, the word to penetrate us. It gets dangerous when you let that other stuff get to the first. The it's dangerous. Before you know it, you want to think about what I said social media, some of y'all may not do social media. Some of y'all may do the news. All you need is about five minutes of the news. Yes. I came home yesterday and, and turned the thing on. I wanted to kind of know what was going on, just like y'all with the elections and stuff. I turned to CNN first. My dad was working. And I turned on CNN. I asked him to turn it up. I don't know why I told him to turn it up. Uh, in about in a couple of seconds, I mean, you talk about the mess going on in D.C., whatever, you can pick something. 
Um, and then you talk about the uh, the killing on the uh, the whole family. Mm-hmm. I said, what's how, how you get done with all that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to be careful when we when we allow in the spirit, the spirit of life. We yield to the spirit and he guides us by his daily word. I was talking to the young people down there. Who's not young? I was talking to the young people, and, and I, I, I told them the importance when we're dealing with the Exodus account. Same thing we're studying. And we talk about that, that pillar that fire, right? The fire at night would lead the Israelites in a cloud. The cloud during the, during the what? The day. And, and how that was it was so critical that we allow God to lead us. And of course, today we have the Word of God, right? And we're looking for a, a, a candle in the air to fire. He can do what he wants to, but he's giving us, us the revelation of the Word. We don't, we must be wrong to take advantage of that. We are free to act and have the liberty of the spirit of the spirit of the spirit of Christ. Abba, Papa is a term of endearment again. Um, Paul is dealing with this family. You know, he's dealing with this analogy of the family, right? And and probably the closest translation for us when we talk about Abba. Will be dead. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I don't, I don't, I know, and it's, if you do it in your prayers and no, I'm not stopping your prayers. I don't use that. Mm-hmm. But I understand it. Mm-hmm. And if you understand that word daddy, then you understand what that, what that term, when we say that Abba, he's our father. He's a term of the dream. I don't use daddy. That's my own personal term. And I understand I know it's popular now, and you know, say the songs and all that. Don't, don't call me on Facebook Live. I'm not saying you're not going to heaven. You can call me dead. I, I, I'm careful with that. But I think you understand what we're talking about there. Yeah, just call him God, Dad. That's kind of, yeah, that's. But it does give you an idea what Allah in this, in this uh, passage is. We can draw on the spiritual wealth since we are the heir of God and the joint heir with who? Christ. Yes. If not explicit, definitely in the Bible. I think you're right on. I know you're right on. I'm just trying to Um. So the spirit of life empowers. Spirit that enables him to overcome the flesh. Spirit of adoption. Let me read that again. Spirit of life empowers. Spirit that enables him to overcome the flesh. The spirit of adoption enriches him into the will of God. Enriches us into the will of God. Alright? Um, Paul deals, let's look at this real quick. Now we're going to look at the, um, this idea of freedom from discouragement. Alright? Well, freedom from discouragement. No frustration. This is going to be the end of it. Um, 18 through 22. And Paul actually deals with this idea of groaning. Alright? You've heard of this, but let's see how he breaks this. Let's see how he breaks this down. 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. 
For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with her pains together until now. Okay, let's 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 look at this real quick. He's really going to deal with three different groans. The first groan is what? Creation. Alright? And um, look, what we're seeing today is groaning. And even when you talk about it, I'm not a geologist, I don't know. Even when you talk about all these earthquakes and all this stuff, that's creation. That's a, it's almost like a, a restlessness, if you will, right? When God finished creation in Genesis, it was what? It was good, right? He literally said it was good. Today it is a groaning, it is a groaning creation with what? Suffering, pain, and death as a result of the animated scene. Paul described creation as suffering. He described it as futile. He described it as being in bondage. He described it as decaying. And he described it as being in pain. The groaning will end once creation is delivered and become a glorious creation. Alright? As believers, we look forward to tomorrow's glory, not today's suffering. Yes, sir? I made a mistake. I was sitting at the table this morning. And started back over talking about how the world is now. And I just just slipped and said, Adam was doing fine by himself. He didn't complain, wasn't bothered. There's nowhere in the Bible he complained one time about being by himself. It did say that it was uh, good for him not to be alone. Yeah, but he doesn't want to complain. That's a good That's just what you want. No, no. It did say that he was not complete. So, the world was fine. The world was fine. That's a um, that's why I finish this up. <laughs> you didn't listen to what the Lord said. <laughs> yeah, let's um now we do realize though that getting an opportunity to say no. Getting an opportunity <laughs> you know, let's, let's go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well uh what type of green is it? Got a couple seconds. Is it, is, it, is it along the lines of this? <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, you just moved me along. Yeah, I'm probably going to move on. I'm probably going to move on. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's believers grown. We have creation grown, right? And we also have believers grown. Now, I, I, I see where you're going. Well, here, let's, uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and do 23 real quick. And then we'll tackle that. That's an interesting look. Um, and, and, and we'll tackle that one day. That's a, that's a good perspective. Um, 23. Not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting 
for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he <laughs> But if we hope for what we do not see, we even wait for it with perseverance. Okay, uh, so we have creation that groans, and then as children of God, we also groan as well, right? And the reason that we groan is because we have a foretaste, if you will. They, um, Rigby has a great analogy that he uses here. He uses the um, the fruit and the candy, right? The spies. What did they come back with? Large what? Grapes and all kinds of stuff. That were so big they had to get folks to help carry them, right? And so the, now they weren't necessarily already in the promised land, but they had already kind of tasted it and seen it. Same thing with us with the Holy Spirit, right? He allows us to get close to Him. And we know that we're not in a glorified state. We know we still struggle. But we've also tasted, mm -hmm. if you will, mm -hmm. some of the goodness. And that's some of that groaning. And some of that that we look forward to, right? Mm -hmm. But there's nothing, um, there's nothing like seeing a child of God that's coming close to the end. Mm -hmm. and they're already, you know, past where they're at, they've settled it. And you can just see a peace and almost mm -hmm. like they're wanting. If they could, they'd jump over right now. The ministry of the Spirit has allowed us to taste the blessings of heaven. It makes us want to see the Lord. We are waiting for the adoption, which is the redemption of the body, when Christ returns. Upon Christ's return, we enter into our full inheritance. I think we understand that. Um, in the interim, we wait and hope. That's where that saved and that hope part comes from. And are saved by that hope, right? The believer does not get frustrated in the face of suffering because he knows it is temporary. Mm -hmm. All right, if you look at that entire section, uh, uh, that deals with suffering, right? Preach a little bit on that Sunday. That's why we deal with, um, look, that's why you go into the hospital with the folks that know they're struggling. But when they know the Lord, if you watch them long enough, you'll see some hope comes. <laughs> That doesn't mean that you don't have some real concerns. That doesn't mean that you, the doctor comes and says some bad news and you start hallelujah. I'm not saying that. But if you watch them long enough, there'll be some evidence. They know that this is just merely a what? A comma. This is a comma. It ain't a period. This is a comma for me. So the believer, again, does not get frustrated in the face of suffering because he knows it is temporary. Alright, and so then we have the believer groans, we have the creation groans, and then we also see that the Holy Spirit groans, right? Let's, let's finish this up and let's get on out of here. 25 through 30. Of course, this is one you're familiar with. This is your, this is your hallelujah right here. 25. But if we hope for what we do not see, we easily wait for your perseverance. Likewise, okay. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for. No, I have not. For is, for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. All right. Now, he who searches the heart knows what kind of mind the Spirit is. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good. For those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. 
For whom he foreknown, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So, moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also he also glorified. The Holy Spirit groans. Alright? God is at work and has a perfect plan. And so we do not have to fail. He has two purposes in that plan. We talk about the Sunday. Our good and his glory. And we will be like Jesus Christ. We were were predetermined to be like his son. Alright? We are chosen. We are called. We responded. We justified. And he glorified. Or glorified. We are already glorified in Christ. We should not be discouraged. Right? Okay, so the Holy Spirit, I may have to finish this stuff, I don't want to go too fast. The Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. Alright? Look, you don't think your prayer is that eloquent, do you? I mean, with all your big D's and thou's, and, and you throw in a little scripture and throw in a little preaching and a little, you don't think it's that good, do you? The Holy Spirit carries that. And so you have not only the Son, we understand that He intercedes. Where is He at? He's on the right hand of the Father, making intercession on behalf. The Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. Alright, so we have the, the creation is growing, right? And is eagerly awaiting. The believer is eagerly awaiting. Alright? And also the Holy Spirit, if you will, is growing. Alright? We'll finish this up. I'm going to talk about, um, look, we see in the end, can I mess up so much? But I'm separated from God. That's going to be the last part of Romans 8. Alright? God, we thank you. We thank you that we just get an opportunity to continue to study this, Father God. And learn where I, as a teacher, fall short, Father God, and find the Spirit to pick it up and know that it is. And so, God, continue to move us forward in the church, Father God. We're praying for the name. And we're growing. More than any of the sons who have us to be, by God, to be studied. So we just thank you for being great by me. So again, bless all those that are here. We pray for traveling grace, God. We pray a special blessing for the Jackson family. We're praying, Father God, just asking loving arms to wrap around that Bless that mother, bless that father, bless that little In Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen. Amen. Amen.